You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our dearest treasure, be and abide with each one of you. Amen. Our text for this morning is recorded in the 13th chapter of Matthew, verses 44 to 50. These are three parables that Jesus is using in our text. A reminder, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, and we want to find out what that heavenly meaning is as we look at this text. So at this time, I'll read just the first few verses talking about two of the parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So far. In Jesus' name, dear friends, has this ever happened to you? You're walking along and you look down and there on the sidewalk is a dollar bill or maybe a $5 bill or a $10 bill. Imagine if you look down and you stumbled upon an envelope that contained $1,000. How would you react to that? In our text for this morning, Jesus talks about people who have stumbled on a great treasure, a treasure worth a whole lot more than $1,000. And we want to see what Jesus has to say about that treasure as we consider the theme, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure and like a net. Jesus begins this parable by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like... When Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, he is not talking about a land or people that is ruled by a king. He's talking about some activity of our Lord Jesus in the carrying out of God's plan of salvation. So he's talking about spiritual kingdom, Christ's rule. And he says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. To help us understand this parable, we need to know a little bit about the custom of Jesus' day. Especially during time of war, a person would take one-third of his money and live on that. One-third of his money he would use to buy special precious stones so that he could take them with him if he had to flee. And one-third of his money he would bury in the ground, hoping that someday he would come back and be able to take his treasure. But if that man died in war, and nobody knew about that treasure buried in the ground, it stayed there for years. And so Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the ground. And then in the second parable, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls, and when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it a pearl of great price. What is meant by the treasure in the field and the pearl? That treasure is Jesus. And everything that Jesus brings us is contained in that treasure. 
you and I came into this world without faith in Christ. And as such, we were condemned to die. In our life, we have committed sins against God's commandments. And the punishment for sin is death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. But Jesus comes, he takes our punishment, he takes upon himself our sin, he goes to the cross with our sin, he pays the price with his death on the cross, he announces on the cross, it is finished, I've paid for all of your sins, and he rises from the dead as an announcement to the whole world, your sins have been pardoned. When there's forgiveness of sins, there's life, there's salvation, there's peace with God. All of that is part of the treasure that Jesus is talking about. Jesus is the treasure. Jesus is the pearl of great price. Not only does he give us etern our eternal life here on earth, but we have a place in heaven waiting for us. We have these words from Paul in 2 Corinthians. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, dying on a cross, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Rich because of the treasure we have in Christ. Eternal life, a home in heaven. In John 14, Jesus says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. How rich we are. A mansion in heaven waiting for us. Better than any mansion here on earth. That's the treasure that Jesus is talking about in our parable. Now he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Are we saying Jesus is hidden? Yes. To our natural way of thinking, we don't know Jesus. With all of our natural thinking and planning, we can't find Jesus. He's hidden. Where is he hidden? In the scriptures. In the Bible is where we find our treasure. As you read the Bible, as you hear the Bible proclaimed to you, as you read the words of Scripture, we are finding Jesus hidden in the Scriptures. In the second parable where he talked about a merchant looking for fine pearls, this man didn't stumble on him. He was a pearl merchant. He dealt in pearls. And suddenly he found one that was of great value. That pictures to us people who are looking for something spiritual, looking to fill a void in their heart with something spiritual. There is a, a quote from St. Augustine who says, Lord, thou hast made us for thee, and our heart is disquieted till it resteth in thee. In other words, everybody has a void, a spiritual void in their heart, and they're seeking for ways to fill that void. Some people turn to Jehovah Witness, and they think, oh, now I have filled my void. Jehovah Witness teaches salvation by works. That doesn't fill any void. Others will try Mormonism. If I try to be perfect, then I can become a god, trying to fill that void. Others will try nature walks, or philosophy, or worldly wisdom. Like the man with the pearls, None of those are as valuable as the pearl of great price. So people who are searching for something spiritual, none of those things are the va as valuable as Christ, the pearl of great price. Now it says it was found. 
The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he wasn't looking for it. He stumbled upon it. What does that mean for us? When he found it. When did you find Christ? For most of us, it happened when we were baptized. When you were baptized, Christ became your Savior. You were given faith in Christ. You were brought to see Jesus as your Savior. Baptism is called a washing of regeneration. It's called a being born again. That means you were brought to believe in Jesus and see him as your Savior. You found Jesus when you were baptized. If it wasn't in baptism, maybe it was in a Bible information class or listening to some sermon. And through that, the Holy Spirit caused you to see Jesus. So it was the Holy Spirit's work in your heart that brought you to see and find this great treasure. The Holy Spirit comes. Now you see Jesus. Now you are rich. The Bible says when he found it, the treasure, he hid it again and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. He was so thrilled, so happy to have found this treasure. He wanted to make sure he did not lose it. And one way he could guarantee that he would not lose that treasure is if he bought the field. And then anything in that field would be his. So he, he sold everything he had. Nothing was as valuable as that treasure. And he bought the field so the treasure would always be his. How do we buy the field? We can't buy Jesus. We don't buy the treasure. We have these words in Isaiah. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. We don't buy Jesus. Jesus buys forgiveness for us and he gives it to us as a gift. The buying that's referred to here, buying without money, is putting our trust in the Lord Jesus. We have these words from Jesus, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to him without cost from the spring of the water of life. Without cost. We were given the treasure of Jesus and forgiveness and all that comes with forgiveness. We were given it as a gift when God brought us to faith in Christ. Well then, what is this business about selling everything and buying the field? In this part of the parable, what Jesus is saying is, you can do nothing to get the treasure, but you can do a lot to lose it. You could lose your faith. We could lose our faith because that's what the devil wants to have happen. He wants us to lose our faith. One of the ways we lose our faith is if we begin to fall in love with sinful pleasures. They, that destroys faith. We have these words in Hebrew, he, that is Moses, chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Moses could have been ruler of Egypt. He could have had all the concubines he wanted. He could have had all the pleasures of sin he wanted. 
but he chose to be identified with God's people and not to live in the pleasures of sin. And he gave up the pleasures of sin. Another way that we can lose our treasure is a love of riches, a love of money. Paul writes in 1 Timothy, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. See what the devil does with the love of money? He causes people to lose their faith. That's what happened to Judas, one of the 12 disciples. His love of money caused him to lose his faith in Christ. Look at little Zacchaeus, the tax collector, who climbed up in a fig tree to see Jesus. And Jesus came to his house, and he was converted and brought to believe in Jesus. Do you know what the first thing he did with his money? Half of my money I give to the poor. If I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will restore it fourfold. He made sure that the love of money did not destroy his faith in Christ. When Jesus told the parable about the sower who sowed seed in the fields, one of those types of soil was a love of money. What was sown among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. See what happened? The seed was sown, the plant grew, the thorns grew with it, choked out the plant, and the plant died. The meaning of the parable, Jesus sowed the word of God into our hearts, the person became a believer, but the love of money choked out his love of Christ, and he lost his faith. So, in the parable when Jesus says the man sold everything so that he would not lose that treasure, and the merchant who sold all his pearls so he could buy that one pearl realized how precious that pearl is. Another way that we lose our faith is when the devil makes us believe that you can earn your, play, your way in heaven. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, thought that the way to heaven was by living a good life. So he came to Jesus one night to be, have it verified that, yes, if you live a good life, you earn a place in heaven. And Jesus told him, that's not right at all. You must be born again. And Jesus told him about the, the serpent being raised up in the wilderness, and anyone who looked at the serpent was, was rescued from death, and so Jesus would be lifted up, and whoever looked to Jesus would have eternal life. He showed this Nicodemus, it's not by your works, but it's by faith in Christ that you are saved. And so again... Work righteousness is the devil's way of trying to make you think that you can get yourself to heaven and you will lose your treasure. The Apostle Paul made a statement comparing the things of this world with knowing Christ. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. In other words, he had a lot of brains, he had a lot of wisdom, he thought he was doing God a favor by killing Christians, and now he realized all of that is worthless compared to Christ. What is more, he says, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Everything this world has to offer is garbage compared to Christ. And so we will be willing to give up anything rather than lose our treasure. 
imagine you're going to die in five minutes. What's most precious to you? In five minutes, you're going to die. Is your car precious? Can't take that with you. Is your bank account precious? Can't take that with you. The only thing you can take with you is your faith in Christ. That is the most precious thing there is. I had an uncle who died a couple years ago, and we were afraid he was losing his faith because he was starting to read religious material that was taking him, making him doubt Christ as Savior. And he, in his conversations and in his writings, began to question whether Jesus really was his Savior. Well, a couple days before he died, one of the nurses in the rest home asked him, is there anything I can get you? And he said, yes, get me Jesus. And he died. And I believe that that statement, get me Jesus, shows he finally, with all this trash that he had been reading, he threw it all out, and all he wanted was Jesus. And that's what we say. Lord, I don't care what else I have, as long as I have Jesus as my treasure. That brings us then to the third parable that Jesus spoke, a parable of a net, a warning about hypocrisy. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. This net that he's talking about is not a throw net, but a drag net, a net with, with cork on the top and weights on the bottom. And you put that out into the lake, and it's like a wall. Then you have a boat on each side, and they drag that net to the shore, collecting all the fish that are in that net. And so he says, when it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore, and then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. Got the picture? Fish being collected, come to shore, you separate the good from the bad. Put the good in the basket to take home, throw the bad out on the beach. This is how it will be at the end of the age, Jesus says. He's talking about Judgment Day when our Lord returns. What's it going to be like? The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The net represents the preaching of the gospel. As we preach the gospel, we are catching everything that comes into that net. These are the fish represent people who join the Christian church. But the net called, gathered all kinds of fish. Some of them weren't edible, and they got thrown out. Some of them were good, and they got saved, taken to home. What does that mean? On Judgment Day, the net has reached the shore. The angels of God look at what's caught in the net, and what do they find? This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous. The righteous are believers. They will be taken to heaven. The wicked are the unbelievers. They will be thrown out. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What Jesus is telling us here is be careful. Just because we may be a member of a church doesn't mean you're going to heaven. There are people that are members of church, but they have never given up their love of life. They have never really put their trust in Christ. 
and when Judgment Day comes, there will be a separation. Let us thank the Lord that we have been brought to see Jesus as our Savior, and that when the end of the world comes, we will be among those who are taken to our mansion in heaven. But if the devil is trying to teach us that you can give up Christ and still go to heaven, this is a warning. May God grant that each one of us would thank the Lord that we have found the treasure, which is Christ, and that we will never lose that treasure. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.